Aloha. Yes, yes. Aloha. Live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to the Fully Submitted with Brother Mike podcast. This is your host, Brother Mike, Mike Dillard, live and direct. Man, I am lit this morning. Oh, oh, man, I'm lit this morning. You might say, why are you so lit, Brother Mike? Because I was worshiping the Lord. And... A message came up and I was like, ooh, you know, Lord, I got to share this with the brothers and sisters, right? So today's message is, do you really want to meet with God? That's the that's the title. I thought it would be something different, but this is kind of like, the title is kind of like the end result, right? So if you if you have a basic mathematical formula, you you, you have your, your solution that you're solving for. You solve for X, right? So X is the answer, right? So really what y'all are looking for, you're looking for a particular answer. You're saying that you want to meet with God. You're saying that you want to know the God of miracles. You're saying that you want miracles. You're saying that you want you want knowledge and you want wisdom, but you have to ask yourself, do you really want that? See, we're going to unpack this formula here. Okay, we're going to unpack this basic uh, spiritual principle here. And then at the end of that, and then even afterwards, moving on, you're when you have the thought and be like, oh, I want this. And oh, I, you know, I want that. How come I don't get that from God? You're going to remember this. You're going to remember this message. And you're going to have to ask yourself, oh, do I really want to meet with God? Because... If you really did, then you would do X, Y, and Z. You understand that, right? If you have a basic, what is that? The um, It's been so long. <laughs> it's a basic formula in math. It's A plus B equals C. I don't remember the name of it. For some reason, I keep thinking of like Pythagorean theorem. I think it's like the Pythagorean theorem or something. You mathematicians in the audience, y'all will let me know. But anyway, look, if you're saying that you really want C, you're like, I want the answers like A plus B equals C, right? You're given some of the information and then you got to solve for the other one. So, you know, if you don't really want the answer, then you're not going to you're not going to do the work. You're not going to go through all of the steps that it takes to arrive at that particular conclusion. And this is why I said in a long way around <laughs> the title is, do you really want to meet with God? OK, so scripture for today is James 4, 8. James 4, 8 and James 4, 8 says, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. There's a little bit more in, in that scripture, but I'm only going to focus on just this part there. That's it. Just that part. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. Now, in today's vernacular, we don't use the word nigh unless it's a comic book and you're like, you know, he's well nigh invincible. I mean, I grew up reading comic books, so. But most average people do. We don't talk like that. We don't say nigh, right? <clears throat> but another version is near. Draw near unto God and he will draw near unto you. That is the basic principle. Now, again, this podcast is for mature Christians. I always say that because, one, it helps me to remember, <laughs> exactly who I'm talking to. And if you're going to give a class or you're going to train, you have to remember 
who you are talking to and at what level you are teaching at, right? If it's calculus, I mean, people sitting in a calculus class and they're like, you know, fifth graders, they're obviously not going to know what's going on. But if y'all want to sit in the class, you can sit in the class, okay? But this here is a principle that mature Christians should already know. You should already know this. If you call yourself, or if you fancy yourself a mature Christian, then you should know this. But the problem is, there's a lot of people that are believing themselves to be mature Christians because of the amount of time that they have spent being a quote-unquote Christian, going to church and sitting in a pew, or you know, you know, they they said the prayer when it was you know 18, and you know they never really spent time with God after that. Okay. You know, every now and then they, they, they might say their prayers before they go to bed. And, you know, they're decent people, but you don't really know the Lord. See, there's a lot of people you talk to them about God and and they say, oh, I, I know God. And this usually happens with older folks or people that grew up in the church. Right. You can see it right away. Right. That air of self-righteousness, like, like, please, I know the Lord. It's like. Oh, okay. I'm like, imagine, I can't imagine, I can imagine like if somebody says something about Jesus, like say to Peter, you know, <laughs> Peter or John, like they, you know, they wouldn't have been all like, I, I know the master. I know the master. They didn't like, you know, they would have listened and smile and they'd be like, yes, yes, we know the master. Yes. We know him very well, you know, and he is a wonderful person. It's just the attitude, right? So whoever that's for. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> So draw nigh unto God, draw near unto God, and he will draw near unto you. You know, people, some people, I hadn't planned on going here, but here we go. Some churches and some people will tell you that you need to give your way out. You need to give your way out to be blessed. That is a bunch of malarkey, okay? That is a lie from the pit of hell. Okay, that's what that is. It is not the truth. That is not the truth, right? Most of the miracles that I've seen in my life, most of the words of knowledge that I've received in my life, you know when it came? It didn't necessarily come because I was praying. Even I thought about this the other day, about the whole me praying in the graveyard before you know, the Lord healed my daughter. <clears throat> the primary thing that I used to do in that graveyard was not so much as pray, it was worship. I may have worshipped like 75 to 80 percent of the time. And then I prayed for like 25 percent of the time. It's worship. That's what it is. Right. Worship attracts the Lord. Now, I've heard I've heard people say that um, it, it's a particular frequency. Like when we worship the Lord in faith. Right. It, it's a particular frequency that the Lord finds pleasing. I don't I don't know the details of that. I do know what the scripture says. And the scripture says that if I be lifted up, excuse me, it, the scripture says, draw near unto God and he will draw near unto you. So one way that we draw near unto God is we worship. Right. We worship. The Bible says that God desires to abide in the praises of his people. That's what it says. He did, Now, look at that. Remember, God created language. So God means exactly. And by God, I mean Jesus Christ. In case there's some people in here that did wander into this podcast, you know, I, I, I make it plain up front. <laughs> there's a disclaimer like, hey, this podcast is for mature Christians. 
If you're not a Christian, you might find some of this material offensive. But that being the case, hey, I still invite you in and listen to with an open mind. OK, so. The Bible says, right, God desires and by God, we mean the Lord Jesus Christ. He desires to abide, to dwell in the in hear that word in the praises of his people, the praises of who his people. See, when the world says his name. They don't mean it. They don't know him. It don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing. Right. But when his people are saying his name in a loving fashion, see that that means that means a whole lot more. I got kids. My kids are grown. Right. They're adults now. Both of my daughters are, are grown. Wonderful, loving people. <clears throat> but they have friends. You know, it, it means more to me if my daughters tell me I'm wonderful than if they're friends. Hey, Uncle Mike, you're the best, Uncle Mike. Oh, thank you. So and so. Thank you so much. I mean, it means something. It does mean, you know, it touches me. But for my daughters to say, Dad, we love you. Like, Dad, you're you are amazing. Dad, you're awesome. You know, when that does occur. <laughs> Shameless plug for your dad, daughters. But anyway. It means a whole lot more to me. Why? Because those are my kids. They know me. They see my ups and downs. They know me. You know what I'm saying? They know me. Now, God, the Lord God does not have ups and downs. He is the Lord. Amen. He is perfect in all of his ways. But the main point I'm driving home here is we need to know him. Right. His children know him. Right. The scripture says my sheep know my voice. We know him. And when you know somebody, you know their voice. You can hear somebody cough. If you know somebody well, you can hear them cough. You can hear them laugh. Right. You, you can and you would know with your eyes closed. You're like, oh, that's oh, that's uh, that's Mary. Oh, yeah, that's that's Peter. That's Bobby. It's like, you know, that you you can hear it in the timbre of their voice. You know them. Right. And, and that's how it is with us, because we love him. Why we love him? Because he loved us first. That's what the scripture says. He loved us first. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth on him, uh, on him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. Right. John 3, 16. We know him because he loved us first. We love him. So therefore. When we sing to him, when we praise him, he loves it. Look through the Psalms. I, I Honestly, I can't even begin to tell you. I've never done a count on how many times the Lord said, sing to me or sing praises to me. Or praise me or worship. I, it's so many times in the book of Psalms. So many times. Right. That's letting you know. You know, they say when when you see something once in the Bible, it's significant. When you see something two times in the Bible, that's really significant. But I don't I don't know that there's anything else in the Bible that God said as many times as he did. Praise me. Or sing praises to me. Oh, worship me. Come worship me. Right. I don't know. I, I think that's that's the thing that's in the Bible the most. More than repentance, more than love, more than any, you know, any little phrase in any phrase in the Bible. I think it's about praising and worshiping him. Why? It's not that some people say, well, maybe God's a narcissist. You know, ignorant people. Why would he want all that praise? Hey, man, you don't one. You're a human. <laughs> 
You ain't never been God, nor will you ever be God. So thus, you can't really understand why he would say that. But think about this. The magnificence of God himself. The being that created all life. But there's more. He created all creation. Literally in six days. He didn't even bruise or dirty his hands. He just spoke it forth. And I don't mean just. I don't mean to minimize, Father, what you've done. Lord, what you've done. Holy Ghost, what you done? I don't mean to minimize it in any way. He spoke it. And it was. And do you know, he wasn't tired. He didn't rest on the seventh day because he was, I've spent myself of my might and power. It wasn't like that. He has all power. It, it, he had all power. It didn't, I, I, I don't even think it registered. He just spoke it. Boom, it was. It wasn't like, oh, I used one sixteenth of my power. No, he is. He am power itself. Boom, he did it. He is worthy. Think about this. Humans that do some great and exciting things or maybe some noble things. What do we do? We stand and we applaud those people. Whether it's a man, a woman, doesn't matter what, what color they are, right? Even children, children do noble things. What do you do? You stand and you give them applause. Some of us stand, some of us will sit and give applause. But either way, we give that praise, we give that applause. And these are for humans that have evil inside of them. Now you may say, we're not evil. Every human has evil inside of them, even me. Every human, right? Our righteousness, the Bible says, is as unto filthy rags. This is why, although people say, you know, it's all about good deeds. Good deeds. Your good deeds are filth, foul, filth before the Lord. You can't even begin to understand what it means to be holy and pure because you were born in sin. Please understand this. For those of you that are listening, I, I met a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, uh, woman from India uh, recently. And we were chatting and this and that. And uh, in some of her material online, there was a cross in it. So I reached out and I said, oh, wow, you know, hey, and I don't usually do this. It was on a business platform. I wouldn't usually ask this outright on a business platform. But since there was a cross in her material and it was clear, it was the cross, like it was the Christian cross, we say. Right. So I said, oh, are you are you a Christian? And she said, no, no, no. I, I'm from India. You know, I I uh, Lord, was it. She's a Hindu. Yeah. She says, no, 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 I, I'm a Hindu. I believe in Hinduism. I said, oh, okay. I saw the cross there. So, okay. okay. So I tried to kind of back out of the conversation because that's not what we're there to talk about, quite honestly. And that wasn't the platform for that. But what came up was she said, well, you know, I, you know, I believe that it's all about good deeds. It's about doing good deeds. And I was like, okay. You know, again, that, that wasn't the time and place for that. So I didn't even unpack that. But it's not about good deeds, right? Because good deeds won't get you into heaven. God is holy and we don't even understand really what good is. Some of you may say, you should have said that. Well, maybe I wasn't led to, thus I did not. So, but maybe, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll have another conversation at a, at a later date. We'll see what the Holy Spirit leads me to do. But at any rate, your good deeds are not good. You think they're good. They ain't really good. Okay. My good deeds are not good. We think they're good, but they're not good. God is the standard of good. Okay. So anyway, 
We need to worship him because he is God almighty. He's created everything. And if you would stand up for a human because they did something praiseworthy or good, how much more should you stand up for the God who really is God, amen, and created everything and gave you salvation. In other words, he gave you a way out so you don't have to burn in hell. See, whether you think you're a good person or not, right? There is only one God. And if you're not following according to his rules, if you're not following his laws, you know, if you haven't come to him and you live by his, his tenets and his principles, when you die, you are going to be judged and go to hell. I know people like to come on here and, you know, they hear, oh, Mike's got all this energy and it's infectious and he's happy. And it's, yeah, I am. But, you know, there must be sobriety also. We have to be sober, right? These are the end times and I would do you a disservice. So if you're listening today and you don't know Jesus Christ or you think that you know God because you believe that all gods are the same God, they are not. There is Jesus. And then there's all the other gods with a little G. And those gods are actually really, they're, they're fallen angels or they're demons that are posing and they want to deceive you so they get worship and you get deceived. And when they get thrown in hell, guess what? You're going to get thrown in hell also. I'm going to share a quick story with you. <clears throat> I promise you, I am going to get back to the point, but it's veering in this direction. So it's just giving you a better understanding of the enemy. Listen, when I was, I think I might have been like 13 or 14. I remember my my brother and my friends and I, we used to go to this swimming pool in, uh, I think it was Rawway, Rawway, New Jersey. It was like a free pool. It was free and it was a big pool. It was a nice pool, right? But I remember we went swimming one day and we decided we was going to jump off the diving board. Mind you, we hadn't really jumped off the diving before. <laughs> we just got the courage to do it on that time. Now, I jumped off the diving board. What I didn't realize is that my body is really dense. So even though I was skinny, like I'm very dense with muscle, I kind of just sank to the bottom. I'm waiting to come back up and I'm not coming back up. And I'm like, um, I'm supposed to float. Why am I not floating? Right. Why am I just sitting here? So basically, I start climbing the walls like I'm climbing, swimming up the walls. Right. And I ran out of air somewhere along the way. and I started like drinking in the water, but I'm still climbing. So when I finally got out the water, I'm like gasping. I'm choking. <laughs> You know, oh man, you know, the, I'm trying to, I'm a ham. I'm trying to get the most of t the most out of the attention, right? Oh, oh, oh the water, I'm choking. <laughs> so finally, when they saw it, Mike's okay, right? They're like, okay, now we're going to go in. And I'm like, don't do it, fellas. Don't do it. You know, stay over here. Like, don't jump. Why? Because I basically failed in my mission. I didn't want them to succeed. I hate to say it, but that was the truth. I wanted them over on the sidelines with me. And they looked at me and it's like, <laughs> they just laughed. They was like, man, you're crazy, dude. We're getting on that diving board. Yeah. And they went and they jumped and they had fun. I didn't go back on the diving board. Okay. <laughs> my point is this. This is how Satan is. This is how the, the fallen angels are, right? The demons, they didn't come from heaven anyway. They're just, they're demons, basically. We'll talk about that in another story. But the fallen angels, right, and Satan, they were there in his glory, living with the Lord. But they chose to sin and rebel against him, and they got, they tried to take over. And of course, they got kicked out, 
They got booted out, right? Okay? So you think that they're happy because these little creatures that the Lord made out of clay and he blew his precious life into them and now they get to be called sons and daughters and the angels don't even get to be the sons of God? Like what? They are not having it. And they're going to hell and we get to go and sing and dance before the Lord and you know all the things that, that we do in heaven for eternity while they burn? Do you think that they're going to allow that? Absolutely not. They're going to do everything that they can because they're going down and thus you're going down. That's how they look at it. And also because the Lord loves us so much, well, if you want to get to God, they can't beat God. They already know that. I mean, even though they're, you know, Satan is assembling an army for the last war, it's it's futile, but he, they're going to give it their best shot anyway, right? But they can't beat God. But how can you hurt God? Well, hurt his people, right? That's what it's all about. In part, that's what it's all about. So anyway, um, right? Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord, right? He's worthy of praise. He's worthy to be praised. The devil does not want you to praise him. He's going to do everything in his power so that you don't praise him, so that you don't worship him. And for those that, again, believe that all gods are the same God, they're not the same God. There's one God. And the devil doesn't want you to believe that. Satan does not want you to believe that. Why? Because he doesn't want you to live in glory with the Lord for eternity. He doesn't want that. He says, you're not worthy of that. You're just, you're just some little pathetic, pitiful creature he made out of dirt. Why should you live eternally? And we burn eternally. It's not fair, right? Again, just kind of unpacking the mindset of your enemy. So again, please, if you believe that all gods are the same God, they are not. You must leave some room for doubt that you might be wrong because all gods are not the same God. They're just not. Okay, now back to what I was saying. Worship the Lord. He is that worthy. Now, when you worship the Lord, when you praise the Lord, when you sing to him, what's happening is you are drawing near to him. You're, you're becoming more aware of his presence. You're moving closer to God. You're seeking God, right? In a sense, you're leaving this world and you're going after him on a journey, right? You're seeking him. And as you draw nearer to God, the Bible says he draws nearer to you. So in other words, as you're worshiping the Lord, as you're singing praises to the Lord, his, it's like his ears are perking up. Mm, it's like he smells his sweet fragrance. Mm, I love that fragrance. Somebody's worshiping me mm, in a holy way, right? Not an arrogant, narcissistic way. No, it's just mm, and he's like drawn to it's like he's there when you praise him. He's there. He desires to abide. It's like you called him. You called him. You called him. You called him. When you call on the name of Jesus, he's there. Boom, he's there. He's there. Now, you may not sense his presence. Sometimes you do sense the presence of the Lord. Sometimes you don't. But he's always there. If you are worshiping the Lord, he's there. He's there. Right. If you draw nigh unto God, he'll draw nigh unto you. And so if you want miracles in your life. The best way to go after getting a miracle, quite honestly, is to worship the Lord God. For who he is as the God of miracles, you worship him, 
You spend time with him. And see, at first, now, okay, how are we, how are we doing on time? 23 minutes? Okay, we're doing good. So I'll give you a perfect example. Today, I woke up. It's like 3-something in the morning. Now it's 5.27 in the morning. And, you know, I went through my social media. I'm responding to all the, the different people that are responding to me and da-da-da. That's work for me, basically, right? I love them, but it's work. I got to engage with these accounts, right? That's, that's social media. That's how it works. But then I feel it's like a tugging on my heart. And at some point, I was like, ooh, oh, good morning, Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Yes, good morning, good morning. Okay, okay, let me finish this right quick. And I'm going through it, I'm finishing, and I feel the tugging. It's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, okay, I'm done, I'm done, right? And I start singing songs to him. I'm singing songs to him. But as I'm singing, I can feel that part of me wants to jump back on social media. It's like, ah, you know, I want to jump on social media and do these posts, but there's another part of me that's singing and I'm worshiping and I'm worshiping. And then I, and I can feel that I can feel the split and I'm like, oh, okay, I need to keep going. Some people say you need to press in. You're not really pressing into the Lord's presence because he am his presence is everywhere. So technically, you're not really pressing into his presence. What you're doing is you're allowing yourself, you're giving yourself over to the focus on him. You're letting your focus of the other things go, right? And you're putting your focus squarely on him. And you need to focus. So maybe when you first come into worship, you ain't all the way focused. Like this morning, I wasn't all the way focused. It probably took me maybe 10, 15 minutes just singing, worshiping, praising, thanking him, thinking about who he is and seeing what melodies come up in your heart and just singing that. Yeah, and the melody came up, the words came up. I just keep singing it on loop, singing it on loop, singing it on loop until it changes and he gives me something else. You go and you go. It goes up, it goes down, it's louder, it's quiet, you know, however the Holy Spirit will lead that. But then at a certain point, then it's like, yes, yes. I realize I've left the other things behind. I don't care about going on social media. Who cares? I just want to be with Jesus. <laughs> I just want to get closer to the Father. I want to be closer to the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? That, that's what I want. That's what I want. See, you draw nigh unto God. So at first I was drawn nigh unto him, but it was divided. And I kept singing and I kept focusing and I kept praising and I kept worshiping. And then little bit by little bit by little bit, it's like you're walking closer to him. There I go with the feet again. You're walking closer to him. And as you walk closer to him, you're simultaneously walking away from the other things. Doesn't mean they're gone. It just means that your focus is not on them anymore. Right? You draw nigh unto God. You're, you're, you're aligning or attuning your focus on the Lord. Not on the world. Not on your problems. You're focusing on the one that loved you first. See, the solution to all of man's problems, uh, not to oversimplify, but it really is love. It's not man's love. It's God's love. For God so loved the world. It is man's love. Excuse me. <laughs> it is God's love. Right? Jesus is the solution for everything that ails mankind. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is God. And the Bible says what? God is love. It's a, it's a mathematical equation again. It's like, oh, he, he is this. He is that. He is this. It's like a, a, 
in geometry, you know, you had your, your theorems and your postulates and this and that. It's like, well, if, if, if this and that equals B, then that equals so-and-so, right? Jesus is God. God is love. Since Jesus is the answer, therefore, God is the answer. Therefore, love is the answer. Not man's love, but God's love, right? So as you worship the Lord, as you focus on him, you are getting closer and closer and closer. You're, you're focused. That's what it is. You're focused because, again, God's presence is everywhere in all the universe. God's presence is all it's all there. No matter where you go, there he am. Right. But your focus is getting more and more and more laser focused on him. And then at some point and that's what you're drawing nigh. That's what it means. You're drawing nigh to him. And as you do this. He draws nearer to you, right? That's the way it works. And that is when you'll see miracles happen. And of course, if you fast and pray, you fast and you pray. Um, yeah, it doesn't guarantee you're going to see miracles, but a fasting and praying lifestyle and a worshiping lifestyle is a miraculous lifestyle. You're going to see some stuff. OK, so anyway, I gave you all of that. Uh, it's 29 minutes. Woohoo! Yata. Still under 30 minutes. I gave you all of that stuff. Okay, now listen. Again, I've given you the variables to this equation. Now you understand if you really want to meet with the Lord, if you really want to meet the God of miracles, you really want miracles, signs, and wonders in your life, you want these things, you want healings, you want these blessings, listen, listen. That's what you need to do, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm telling you. That is the way right there. You worship more than you actually pray. Worship is, in a sense, is a form of praying. You're like, what? What? It is. Think about this. As you're worshiping the Lord, you think your heart is closed or you think your heart is open? You think the Lord can see what's going on in your heart or you think he cannot see? You're worshiping. You're communing with him. It's an intimate time with the lord he knows what's going on in your heart so you can come out of worship you ain't have to you ain't have to ask him nothing it was communicated to you just like tears when you're crying before the lord when you're crying and you're broken right you don't have to ask anything sometimes why you communicated it to him in that language so worship is another language in a sense you are communicating with him. You ain't ask him nothing. But you asked him everything. You understand that? For you to focus on him like that, you opened yourself up to the, to the God of Abraham, to the God of wonders, the God of miracles. He sees that. He touches that. You touched him, he touched you. You did communicate something to him as you worshiped to him. Amen? As you're crying before the Lord, and some people, that's their ministry. Some people do cry. My sister Sequoia, she's always like, hey, I'm the resident cry baby, right? <laughs> but you know, I believe that's a ministry. And, and, and in the Bible, there was the wailing women. You know, this these people that wail before the Lord, they cry before the Lord. And it's necessary. Why? Because the things, the atrocities that are going on all around us in this world, in our families, in our lives, people are so hardened to what's going on, they can't cry out. Or they refuse to cry. Or they don't even know how to cry out. Man, somebody's got to cry out. Right? And when you cry before the Lord, that's, that's a language. You're communicating to him so many things. 
He knows what you're saying. Mothers, it's usually the moms. Mothers be crying out. They cry out. And you, sometimes you cry what? You don't have the words to speak. And, and when you think about praying in tongues, in a sense, it's almost like you're crying before the Lord. In a sense, why? Because you're crying out. You don't even have the words to speak. When we pray in tongues, we're praying things that we don't have the words to speak, to pray to God. Right. He gave us the blessed Holy Spirit and he gave us the gift of praying in tongues. Right. And we're we're crying. It's a different language. But I digress. So in closing, because it's now 32 minutes, remember, if you want to see miracles in your life, if you want these blessings, if you you want deeper understanding, you want wisdom, you want a word of knowledge, you want to grow in your gifts. You must worship. You must worship. And if you decide, I'm not going to worship. I'm just going to keep watching Netflix for four, five, six, seven, eight hours. And then you gave God, the Lord Jesus God, a two minute prayer. Come on now. And you wondering why you don't see no miracles in your life. Come on now. Really do the math. Okay. Do the math. And that is why I said, do you really want to meet God, now that you understand what it takes, when you're not doing that and your mind says, oh, where is the Lord? Where is this and or that? Holy Spirit, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would please remind my brothers and sisters in Christ and those who have come on here to visit. I pray that you would remind them of this lesson. You bring it right back to them. Hey, did you do these things? Did you spend time with him? Did you worship him? Did you sing to him? No. Okay. Well then, did you really, do you really want to meet God then? The answer is no. Okay. So we got to be clear on this. Okay. That's it for today's lesson. Man, I love y'all with the love of the Lord Jesus himself. But remember, Jesus loves you way more than I do. I never allowed someone to beat me down till I was unrecognizable. I've never lived a sinless, sin-free life. And allowed those things to be done to me, beaten, whipped, tortured. The Bible says he was unrecognizable as a man. He was beaten that badly. Right? That badly. And then he was hung on a cross. And they stuck the, 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 the crown of thorns on his head and they gave him that, that, that vinegar to drink. They were torturing him while he was he was just, he was in agony, right? Agony. And he, he held on. He did it for you. So while, yeah, I do love you. And I say, I love you with the love of the Lord. The truth is that I'm trying, I'm loving you with the love that God has given me for you. But the true statement to say, I love you with the love of the Lord means I'm going to be, I'm going to allow all those things to happen to me. And I'm going to be strung up on that cross. I give my life for you. And there's not one human as though we mean, we mean, we mean well. But the truth of the matter is we are loving you with the love that the Lord has given us for you. But don't nobody love you as much as the Lord loves you. Amen. Okay, that's it. And remember, submit yourself unto God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Until next time, aloha and be blessed.